the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. And Paul, he called, uh, they call Hermes because he was the chief speaker. He was the talkative one, the chatty one, the one that wouldn't shut up and kept talking to everybody. But because humans have a propensity for idolatry, Paul publicly forgetting to give credit where credit was due, watch what's about to happen. I'm often invited to prayer at various places, and then they'll make the comment, you know, would you be inclusive in your prayer and not mention the name? And I'll have to gently say, do you realize who you just called? That's the only name. That's the only reason I do what I do, that great name. I'm a follower of the name. And if I can't use the name, you don't want me. Timothy Keller says this, he says, idolatry happens... Whenever you take good things and make them ultimate things. And people can make an idol out of ministry, happens here. Idols out of vehicles, out of home. I mean, every good thing God, the Bible says, gives, God gives us for our enjoyment. But it's so easy to take that good thing and make it the ultimate thing and put it above everything else. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of the city, and again, they're calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. When they, for, when they forgot to remind the people that Jesus was the reason, they left the people to come up with their own conclusion. And if you don't say it, don't expect people necessarily to get it right. They'll think, well, because you're powerful, because you're maybe educated, or because of this, or because of that, you got all the breaks. Very few people will recognize without the help of your mouth and the Holy Spirit 
the real source of your strength. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they said, oops. And immediately they tried to correct this situation. They tore their clothes, and as good Jews, they were probably throwing dirt in the air. They couldn't believe how twisted folks got things. And, and they ran in among the multitude crying and saying, men, why are you doing these things? They were absolutely horrified. We are also men with the same nature as you. We need more men and women like, like, like Saul and Barnabas today. I mean, nowadays, God just used people a little bit, I mean, just a little bit. They got their nose up in the air. They require special treatment and special name tags and special parking places. I mean, just, just, a, I mean, just a little bit, just a little bit. It's amazing what we can accomplish when people are honored. But God gets all the credit. We need to honor people. If the president of the United States walked into this room, we should all stand. We should honor our president. We should honor the man. But believe me, any good thing he does, God deserves the credit. And we got to get that right in our thinking. He said, listen, I don't play with y'all when I preach to y'all. I preach to you that you should turn. It's not just about feeling good. It's about a change in direction. But we see here, it's not miracles alone, but sound teaching and preaching that corrects our theology and changes our thinking. We preach to you that you should turn from these useless, that's hard. This is their gods. Things to the living God who made heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them. He called their gods useless. Love cares enough to tell people the truth. And then he goes on to explain. I'm not going to be much longer. Stay with me. Who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. You see, God did not guide every nation by special revelation like he did with Israel. So the reality is, and we see this throughout the Bible, limited revelation, limited judgment. The greater the revelation, the stricter the judgment. The greater the knowledge, the the, the greater the judgment. Peter warns us this way, and we, we don't like this, but this is what he says. It would have been better to have not known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned back. Meaning once you know something, you are held accountable to that knowledge. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good. That's complicated language. But what he was saying is despite the fact That the image of God, the character, the nature, the personality of God was somewhat blurry to the Gentile nations. God still left each of us with evidence of his goodness in our own intuition. You see, it's amazing whether you worship Allah 
uh, Buddha, uh, uh, Mishnah, Krishna. I know that just happened to rhyme, but <laughs> somehow or nobody university universally we celebrate selflessness versus selfishness no matter where you are on the globe that's in the heart of men and women we universally celebrate courage over cowardice we universally want to encourage right and punish wrong but could we recognize bad if God had not first shown our hearts good? Yes, sir. So whether you know God or not, there's an ought to that's in the back of your heart and it comes from heaven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something in you that says it ought to be this way and not that way. There's something in you, whether you love God, hate God, that still says that ain't fair because God put it in our very intuition the concept of good and evil, right and wrong. And God will judge. If you never heard the gospel, God will judge you based on how you responded to that universal intuition. Then he goes on. He did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. God created rain to water our crops, but he also created rain so that we could appreciate the sun. He gave us night to help us appreciate the day. He gave us winter to help us appreciate the spring. He let us face trouble so that we might value and appreciate peace. St. Augustine said this, he said, God made the earth for our bodies. The body was made for our soul, but our soul was created exclusively for God. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Even with all they said, all they did, the ripping of their clothes, the raising of their voices, it was hard to turn the situation around. Be very careful about generating hero worship. Because the same people who honor you will feel doubly betrayed when they discover you are human just like them. Those parents, those in ministry, be guarded about folks putting you on a pedestal. Because it's just a matter of time before they discover you are very much like everybody else. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. When Paul's enemies heard of their success, they traveled over a hundred miles to hurt him. Some people will not be happy unless they make you miserable. And having persuaded the multitude, watch this, one minute he's a god, the next minute he's a devil, a demon, a criminal worthy of death. That's why I don't trust people, trust God. People are fickle. They'll love you one day, they'll hate you the next. It just take one rumor. 
Take one mistake. And having persuaded the multitude, they what? Stoned Paul. Jewish people, yeah, Paul. Uh, Jewish stoning was a little different than you imagine in your mind. This time in history, what they would do is they would take you to uh, some, some sort of height, you know, at least 10 feet off the ground or so. And use, that's why with Jesus, when they were going to stone him in his hometown, the Bible says they took him to a, a hill and he walked past right through the midst of them. So th- what they do is they t- take you to a high place and then they push you off, usually to your death. But then after they push you off, they don't take little tiny rocks like you threw when you were a kid. They take big stones and they hurl them at you. Someone said, I, I just, I can't prove this, so you can research and find out for yourself. That typically, the person that was leading the uh, execution was the one that had to cast the first stone. And the first stone was a very, very large stone. He'd get the biggest. And then he would pick that stone up and slam it against the, the man or woman's chest. And if that didn't do it, he'd take another one. And crush the head. And then all the other people would take their stones and do the same. So, how many of y'all ever been beat up? Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> y'all so proud. No. Being stoned is not like getting beat up. You don't survive a stoning. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, rightfully supposing him to be dead. But what I want to tell you this morning, God knows how to preserve us. Maybe like Paul, you missed some steps. Maybe like Paul, you you left something out. Now, Paul, was there was nothing going wrong in his heart. He didn't mean any evil. And sometimes the things we don't do allows people to twist things and make things crazy. But over time, he learned some things. And and if you notice the order, by the way, which Paul and Barnabas have mentioned, Barnabas was mentioned first because at this point, Barnabas was the leader. Paul was still learning and growing. Later, Paul would become the leader of of the two of them. But, But what happens here is they drag him out of the city, supposing that he was what? Dead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, they, they missed some steps. And maybe you missed some steps parenting. Maybe you missed some steps professionally, educationally. Maybe you missed some steps relationally or, or physically. Maybe you didn't take care of your body the way you should. Maybe you, you've been eating the, the wrong things. But I want to tell you, God still knows how to keep you. Despite what happened to this man, God preserved him. Preserved him. Then watch 20. And it's, this is said here almost a matter of fact, and this is going to be the last verse, and I'm done. However, when the disciples gathered around him, and this is why we need church. This is why we need other believers in our lives. When the disciples gathered around him, obviously, they prayed. And whoever is playing, praying for me, please don't stop because it's working. And I know I'm praying for you. And believe me, it's working. When the disciples gathered around him, who do you have in your life that can gather around you? 
that knows the name, knows how to call on that name. Thank God for the friends you grew up with, but I'm talking about some men and women of faith. That when you come in here, they, they see past the church smile, that they, they see uh, beyond the perfume, and they see, they, they, no, 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 you, you need some prayer. Let, let, let's pull aside. Let, let, let's, let's pray together. I, I, I see something's going on here. We need to look at each other. You know, you can, you can hide on the other side of a stream or a computer, but when I see you, that's a different thing. And, you know, sometimes, you know, even with my children, they're grown and everything, but I got to get my eyes on them. I got to look at them. And I, I, you know, I can hear some things, but I got to look at them. When the disciples gathered around him, Psalm 34 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears attended to their what cry. He rose up. Even when you make mistakes. Even when you make mistakes in church. And I'm not confessing anything right now, so don't think. <laughs> At least I don't know yet. <laughs> hey, I look at my wife when I say stuff like that, make sure I'm okay. Even when you make mistakes with the things of God, God can still raise you up. He rose up and went into the city. He went back to the very people who tried to kill him. Do you have enough mercy and grace in your heart to go back to people who stoned you without picking up a stone yourself? But what I also see in this verse is just the, 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 the incredible character and nature of God. He allowed Paul. Now, Paul begins his epistles off saying, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's God's servant, but God also protected his dignity. And God let him leave the town on his own terms. They didn't carry him out. He went back into the city and walked out on his own legs. And there are some things that, that happen. God wants to switch that thing because God cares about your dignity. God cares uh, 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 about how you perceive yourself. And also he even cares more than, than you and even I do about how others perceive you. And Paul was like, I'm not going out that way. And he walked back into the city. And then the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Now here's my big point. And I'm going to end with this. After Paul was beaten, I'm sorry, stoned, he was obviously scarred. When you read the epistles, he'll mention in certain places how they treated him like an angel, even though his physical appearance was marred. And he'd, he'd, he'd celebrate the church for that because you don't get stoned without some marks being left. You, you don't get people hurling big, sharp rocks at your head and the rest of your body, and, and you just get up with, with, with your arm just as straight as it was when you laid down. So when he got up, I don't know if his arm went all the way up. I, 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 I don't know if his leg, I don't, I'm sure he probably got up with a limp, but he, he did get up.
scarred and all, the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. You see, God leaves scars in our lives sometimes to remind us that he heals. Okay, stay with me. Remember Thomas, and I'm, I'm, I'm done. Remember Thomas? He said, unless I can put my hand into his side, my finger into the hole in his hand, I will not believe. Jesus was resurrected, but he still has scars. When we go to heaven, he will still be the scarred one because he's the representative of the covenant. And, and he bears these, these scars with honor and dignity because the scars are proof of the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Here's the challenge. In order to be resurrected, you got to die. You'll never know anything about resurrection unless something has killed you. Peter said it this way. Do not be surprised by the fiery trial that comes to test you. The challenge is many of us are surprised. God, I didn't know it could hurt this bad. I didn't know you'd let someone do that to me. God, if you love me, how, 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 how is this happening? How could you lead me into that situation? But my Bible said, do not be surprised by the fire. How many know fire hurts? He didn't say trial, fiery trial. I can only hold a match to my hand but so long. After a while, it begins to hurt. And what Peter was saying, don't be surprised by pain. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection, meaning there will be situations in your life where you are left there, lying there, dead. And unless somebody else come alongside and help you, you ain't getting up. And many times we're, we're in that situation, it's like, God, if you love me, how could that happen? He said, I am the resurrection. And I, see, see, you wanted God that will fix it. Now, now, we could sing that song. That's a good song. Jesus will fix it. But sometimes he chooses to resurrect it. But resurrection only happens after death. Here's the the statement I've been wanting to make to you. Do not be ashamed of your scars. The fact you survived them, to bear them, means God made you stronger than whatever tried to take you down, whatever tried to hurt you and harm you. So I am deeply scarred today. You are deeply scarred today. And it's a testament to a God that keeps and preserves and that will lift you up and raise you up. Do not be surprised by the fiery trial 
that comes to test you. Don't tap out of the fight. Paul went back into the city. I don't know who I'm talking to. But God is sending you back to the very people that hurt you and harmed you. But you're going to square your shoulders, you are. And you're going to walk on back and they're going to say, that's a miracle I ain't never seen. How could, how could somebody survive what I did to that man? How, how, how could it? There got to be a God in their life. There got to be something. Some people will only believe in resurrection. Pay attention. Thomas said, unless I see the holes in his hands and put my hand in his side, I'll not believe. And Paul looked at the Galatians church and said, trouble me no more. I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. There are people in your life who hurt you, who will not believe the gospel until you come back to life. Until they see God preserve you and keep you despite everything they did. Give God a hallelujah and a hand clap. Woo! He's sending you back. He's sending you back. You're going to go back to that city. And you're going to bring God honor and bring God glory. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.